If you were to die tonight, do you know where you would go? Brady and I have joked around about this phrase in the past, but I think for a lot of people, this is the contingent question that informs religious belief. It's a daft oversimplification of biblical soteriology, but it's the mantra that has drawn in generation after generation since the Reformation. From Pascal's wager to the Roman road to... I'm getting too theological. My point is that fear of death, or more so what's on the other side, has been fueling growth and devotion to religion for a really, really long time. On today's episode of The Life After, we're going to talk with my friend Zach. We'll get into the details later, but Zach has had a couple of encounters with death in two very different contexts that radically changed the way he looks at the world, and I wanted to pick his brain on that topic. We're also going to talk about the deceptive side of the salvation prayer, fancy youth groups, and the Gone Wild subreddit. Oh wait, I think we edited that part out. I guess you'll have to find out. Chuck, it was weird to hear you at the beginning of the episode. Yeah, I'm. I, you know, I'm. I'm uh, making my 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 place in the in the <laughs> finding your place in this world. I'm di- yeah, I'm finding. Are you my... Michael W. Smith in it? Oh God! Do you remember that song? Yeah. I'm... <laughs> hey, I sent you a text this week, and I wanted to talk about it. Um, the text yeah. was, I was, I was at work, or I was working out, or something, and I and I had this epiphany about. Um, I think I said something to the extent of what if, okay, so growing up in the Christian church, we always had the highs and the lows. We'd call them the mountains and the valleys, like the times where we felt really good spiritually, mm-hmm. that our walk was good. These are such triggering phrases, right. you know, that where our walk with God was good. We're walking through the garden or Trigger we have those times where we feel like we're just like a shitty person in the valley, right? In the valley. Yeah. And so we have mountaintop experiences at church. That was such a big thing. I talked. To, we talked about that a lot. Yeah. Like you know, you remember when you would leave church camp, and you would be like, "This is a mountaintop experience." It was always a Thursday night. And there nights. was always that the the youth pastor or whatever would always have that little bit about, "This is a mountaintop experience," and you feel great. But when you get back to the real world, to the real do you world, remember we, could, that? we could take it home with us. We could take it home with yeah. us. And and what determines if we could take it home with us is how much time we spend in the Bible or whatever. Yeah, 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 for but, sure. But I, I came to a realization this, this week, Chuck, what if a lot of those like mountaintop experiences and valleys are um, just like the ups and downs of some of the depression and mental illness that we that a lot of us have like right. for me, I know I've been, I've been diagnosed with anxiety and, and, yeah. and depression yeah, yeah. and I and try to be as open about that as I can, because I feel like there's such a stigma with, uh, with mental illness. And I think it's absurd. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is, it's a, it, the, that stigma is totally different when you're in church and when you're not in church. I don't know if it's better or worse, but it's different, you know, it's different. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I feel like a lot of mental disorders or sexualities that are out otherness within the church always has like a weird or dishonest or just kind of like incomplete um, definition given to them. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like for instance, when I came or whenever I was gay, 
uh, when it came out as gay, excuse me, uh, there was a lot of talk of like, well, you're gay because your dad was not involved or your mom is overbearing mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And it's like, no, I think that some people are just gay. We're just gay. Some of us have depression. Right. And some of us that are really awesome, we're both gay and depressed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like me. You, you, you got the, the super pack. So I text you this week, said, yeah. what if. What these if highs all and of those ups and downs? I remember that. What or if just those ups parts and downs our, are, are anxiety and depression coming and going or, or, or other or, attributes of mental illness or right, just, right. or like or manic, just manic and depressive or, or, you know, that kind of thing or just, yeah. Or just the regular ebb and flow of life. And we tried, to, we spiritualize them. I think that's what I did is for me, I realized that in whatever way that my, my perspective was looking through these lens, um, things that really were probably mental disorder and probably needed some help or medication or therapy or something. I looked at as, well, I need to try harder. I need to pull my myself up from my own bootstraps and become right. more, uh, more of a better Christian so I have less depression right. or whatever. But I didn't call it that at the time. And so now that I'm older and more wiser, and it's not just because I left the faith. I think that I probably would have come to these conclusions if I would have continued in the faith. I would have realized, oh, crap, some of these things are... Are actual, like, mental... Yes. Like, like, yes. Like, that need treatment, like, proper proper attention. Exactly. And, you know, what also is interesting is is I would often, often, especially when I was a kid, interpret uh, depression or, 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 like, more difficult seasons of my life as me being far from God or close to God. So it was like, if I was doing, if I was really happy, I was close to God. And if I was really, if I was really sad, I was far from God. And then I would, it, that was really perplexing to me because I would be like praying or, or, or reading my Bible a lot, but I would still be sad. Yeah. Absolutely. And I was, I, f- I felt like I was doing something wrong. So I have these journals of just prayers and I used to call them like my prayer journal. I have so many, I have but several I look, full books of, of Do you know prayers. what I call them now? I realized they're just some of my shame journals because some of them were like me crying out to God about being wow. gay. Yeah. Uh, you know, I didn't want this. I feel so distant, blah, 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 blah. Right. Um, I look back at it and it's like kind of a weird monument that I built for myself just to remind myself of how lost I was as a kid, you sure, know? Sure, yeah. No, I, yeah. But I'm I glad was, to be out of it and, you know, and, and right. have like better treatment and understanding. Of I, you know, I, I, I picked why. up, I don't want to, you know, get too into it, but I, I did. I, I stumbled upon one of my prayer, quote unquote, prayer journals recently. And it had this like in red ink on the front, like, uh, like, please do not, please don't read this, you know, because it was like. <laughs> mom, dad. Honestly, honestly, though, my mom gave it, she, she found it and she gave it to me with a sticky note on it that said, I never read it. <gasps> And I was like, I oh, respect her. She's a, she's a lovely she's a lovely lady. What time in your life did you did you? This write was this? this was probably I was probably 13, 12, 13, 14 maybe. So it's pretty young. So th- what were you going through at that time? Yeah. So uh, that's actually a good segue because I um that what that text made me think of uh, as far as uh men- mental illness or or psychology and that kind of thing is. Because I was really interested in your response because all you said was like, oh shit. Yeah, yeah, I was like, <laughs> I was like, I had to think about it for a minute, yeah. and uh, and this is actually a really pivotal part of my story um, is that I was, and I, I didn't even get into it in, in episode one, but um, for many years of my life, um, I was a I was a compulsive pornography user. Okay, um, some I guess some people would call it a porn addict, but I don't. Scientifically, that's not 
between really the word addict and compulsive, there's a huge difference. Right, right, right. And, and I, th- I think we've talked about this and we're going to get into it more in, in later episodes. In a future episode yeah. on sexuality. Right, yeah, we're going to get, Coming we're going to try to get really into that. But um, I struggled with, I struggled with that for years, quote unquote struggle, you know, like that's what, that's what Christian We all hate that word, absolutely. Right, yeah, yeah, we all kind of hate that word now, but um, in my 20s, it wasn't until I was, I was probably 24, 25, I actually went into recovery for it. And that recovery process was a huge part of why I, I left Christianity. Ironically, it was actually a Christian recovery program. When you say recovery, was it like a facility that you No, 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 no. It was, it, was a, it was a recovery group. It was, it was a lot like AA or something. Okay, okay, um, okay. And in that group, like I, I started, started studying the psychology of addiction and the psychology of, of compulsive use. Uh, in general, you know, particularly with pornography or sexual, uh, you know, behavior. And um, I learned, you know, uh, I learned about triggers. I learned about cycles. I learned about uh, how your own, how your trauma and your, your childhood and, and your wounds all play into why you, uh, you get into compulsive behavior. And uh, in that process, it, it, it's it in. I mean, literally in like three, six months, a year, um, I started to see like like vast improvements in my behavior. You wow. know, like I started to I started to deal. I started to actually deal with the behavior, which I still wow. see as as okay. negative. It wasn't like it wasn't like I was knee deep in Christianity, and I you know thought that it, that like looking back now. I, I still see it as, as negative behavior. It's not like, you know, like I still hold the belief that pornography is an inherently bad thing or anything like that. But the, the way that I was using it was, was bad. It was negative. It was okay. like hurting me. It was hurting my relationships. Well, but I started to improve like so quickly. And, and I realized after probably not until a couple of years into recovery um, that, uh, that 15 years of, of praying about it and, and reading my Bible and studying and and understanding theology and going to church and confessing and all of that uh, didn't really help me at all. And six months of modern psychology changed my life. Wow! Right, that is huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that is huge. Yeah, it was. It's it's this huge thing, and and it and it made me realize like the Bible doesn't teach you, um, the Bible doesn't teach you about how you know you're abandonment issues because one of your parents was emotionally unavailable plays into your, you know, uh, your, you, you, you create a bandaid and you end up with a compulsive behavior. And then it doesn't also, it also doesn't explain to you that, um, that you, when you feel ashamed of said behavior, you, you know, try to make up for it by just cycling right back into the same behavior. You know, it it doesn't do any of that. The Bible just kind of says like, this is bad. Don't do this. Don't do. Don't right, do it. Right. And it doesn't. It doesn't tell you why. It just says because you're a, you're a sinner or because you're wretched or you know that, that kind of thing. And it, wow, that's amazing. It doesn't give you any insight into your own behavior. It doesn't give you a. It doesn't give you a, a way out. It doesn't give you. It doesn't help you understand what your triggers are. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's all super important stuff. That like, is so interesting to for me. Any that... anybody that is caught in any cycle of negative behavior, like that, that understanding that is really important. Tell me the time frames again. How long were you trying to combat your? So I would say that I behavior. I started compulsively using porn when I was probably thirteen. Okay. And I would say that I probably s- stopped or or learned how to control it mm-hmm. when I was 
27, 26. Okay. And most of that was not in re- in the process of recovery. So, like so 13 years. Three then... years. I was in recovery for three years. Okay, okay. And completely, you know, learned learned to understand and control my behavior. And, and the place that you went, and the place where you got help was a Christian facility or Christian. It was, yeah, yeah. Answer. And it was, a, it was a, it honestly, it was a really positive experience. It was really great. And I still have relationships with a lot of the, the men that were involved in the group. I cannot wait for the episode where we get to talk about that more in depth. It's coming. It's going to be good. It's Looking coming. forward to it. So this week, um, we have a friend of yours on, which is a little different. Um, I haven't yeah. met I haven't met him until today. Right. He's, he seems all right. Right, right. Do you have a story you want to tell us? Or a question you want answered? Do you need advice on how to handle family members who are upset at you because you're wrestling with your beliefs or leaving your religion? Have you experienced some weird religious shit that you need to tell people that might actually get it? Then contact us. Go to thelifeafter.org, all one word, and click the Contact Us page. Or Facebook us at facebook.com backslash thelifeafterorg. Or email us at info at thelifeafter.org. We would love to hear hear from... Let's do it together. Okay. One, two, three. We'd We'd love love to to hear hear from you. Or when you email us, send us a voice recording. We really like that, too. Welcome back. Um, I'm here with Chuck and our guest, Zach. Hey, Zach. Hey, guys. All right. Welcome. I want you to do me a favor. Um, walk me through what life was like for you as a Christian. I want to hear your story. Sure. Uh, would it um, would it be helpful just to kind of maybe do like the, uh, I guess, the traditional, uh, this is how I got saved kind of thing? Do you want to? You want to? You're gonna give us your like testimony? testimony. My testimony. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah okay. Uh, so uh, in 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 high school, um, so it's probably you know uh, I don't know, uh, fourteen, uh, fifteen, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a friend, uh, and his name is Jake. Uh, he invited me to. So we were. I guess we were kind of like the skater kids, you know. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Everybody. Yeah. yeah. I guess that's our generation's uh, hipster. I guess I don't <laughs> You're know. Right. But yeah. So we were kind of like the skater kids, and uh, you know, church seemed like the furthest thing. Uh, no, n- nobody. First off, nobody wants to go to church, right? But right. Um, so you know, my uh, my friend was like, "Hey, he's like, you got to come to this place. It's got like a half pipe in the back uh, in in the in the back of the church. It's right. got this, you know." And I was like. Really? I mean, that sounds pretty cool, you know. And was this was this first this Christian was, Church of Florida? This is first Christian okay, Church of Florida. Yeah, so I'm I'm somewhat familiar with that church. I grew up in that area. So, yeah. yeah. So, so essentially, uh, Jake and I started going uh, to that church, um, and you know, we on on the weekends they would they would kind of uh, break out. They had this they had this um, church service, I guess you could say, called Unplugged. Um, and I don't oh, yeah. think, I don't think, unpl- I, I think I might've even, I don't think it was once. apostrophe D, you know, like I think, right, it, it I think that. it was actually spelled correctly. You're okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Eric Clapton called, he wants his church back. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we started going and, uh, you know, it really, it really kind of, um, it really kind of spoke to me. Uh, I didn't have a particularly tough childhood or anything growing up i mean i had you know i had issues just like everybody else i think you know mm-hmm. but um there was something about it that just spoke to me you know jesus was this i mean it was made out to be this amazing uh 
this like perfect the, a, a catch-all a fix-all right you know yeah yeah um yeah and and i i was just i was really attracted to that and i was like this sounds great you know what do i have to do and mm-hmm. you know the the typical response is all you have to do is you just have to say this prayer and receive jesus into your heart and i'm like well mm-hmm. fuck man that sounds piece of cake that sounds easy you know that's a good deal it's a good it's a good deal i'll shake on that yeah exactly and it's like you know uh, but you know the underside of that is like and you only have to change your entire life yeah, right you also have to give up your life yes. yeah yeah no, so re- you don't yeah yeah <laughs> I n- i've never really thought of it on those terms but yeah it's like wait it's all you have to yeah Really fast, that the TV show that I was in, the the, the cable Christian sitcom, there was right. a scene that was written before I started writing a lot of it. It really bothered me because they said something to the extent of like, well, all you have to do is pray this prayer, followed up by, well, that's not all you have to do. You also have to give your entire life. And it's like, right. What? Right. How is this not bait and switch? It, right. It was, as a Christian, I had problems with, with the, the vocabulary. And I struggled with there. that for a long time, honestly, and I couldn't put the vocabulary. As a matter of fact, right now might be really the first time that I've really clearly understood why I wrestled with that. And it was, uh, you, you. It's simple up front, mm-hmm. and then there is it's wildly complicated after that and i understood all of those complications because i lived that you life felt it, absolutely right and i was like yeah i want i wanted it to be simple for people and i tried to make it that way because that's what i was taught that's how we wanted to but sell it but i knew it. that there was all well, of yeah. this subtext yeah, yeah absolutely and, and you know that, right? You know, you you know that, and 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 that's what makes it difficult. It's what made it difficult in you know sort of the later years for me to try to tell people about it because mm-hmm. it, because I knew I was like, mm-hmm. you know, so all I got to do is tell people this, but in reality, I, I'm so lying. I'm lying to them, right? You know, I have but, a question yeah, for you guys. As, as you guys were like really active Christians, did you ever worry about people that just became Christians? I don't know about you guys, but what I used to do is like if whenever there was like a new person that joined a church and they asked Jesus in their heart or whatever, I always felt this really weird sense of just angst and worry about them of like, oh man, anytime they can just walk away. And it felt like it was on me or it was like on us as a community or something. Did you feel that way or was I alone? Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah. It was, uh, it was this, uh, it was an anxiety about, yes, it's about bringing, bringing somebody else into this culture that i think i subconsciously knew was damaged yes probably and i and i would worry about it but i couldn't really put the vocabulary to why i was worried about it i i would even i, I would even go so far as to say uh the language that was used uh you know in in, in at least in my experience at the church was you know sort of uh you, you know you, you have a i guess you have a convert uh and then, and then, you know, there's pressure to make a disciple, you know? Okay. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So, oh, you know, God. that's yeah, a word yeah, I've yeah. not heard in a long time. Yeah. Disciple. Wow. You know? Yep. And so, uh, that I guess would be my version of that anxiety is like, um, did I do a good enough job such that this person would become a disciple and not just a Christian? Mm-hmm. Wow. You know? Mm-hmm. Oh wow! And yeah, so, did, did I say it? Did I do it well enough? Did I did sure. I you know give the message? Am I message making myself well available enough? Am I yeah supporting right. them enough? Yeah, yeah, and and yeah, I, I don't think I ever felt like I like I did a good enough job. I always for, feel like an AA sponsor. Yeah, 
um, I was like trying to help them. I was trying to help them get off their their addictions, their, their, sin. their, their sin. sin, right? Yeah, and trying to yeah, but make you didn't sure. really have the resources to to do that. I was a teenager. Right. I was fifteen. Well, yeah. I think I think and too. even <laughs> and even even so, if you're not a gifted leader or or a, yeah. or a you know if you're if you're if you're just not gifted in that way you are going to struggle to do that. And then you feel a certain amount of guilt about not being able to do it. Dense your guilt. Yeah. It's on your back. It's on your shoulders. Yeah. I, I think too, it's, um, it's also, uh, a, a very a poor understanding of what sin is and, you know, mm-hmm. so, but, um, just to kind of, uh, just kind of finish it out. Um, so, you know, I, I accepted Jesus into my heart at this church, um, you know, at, at, at one of these, um, uh, unplugged services, okay. you know, and it was a it was sort of a joyous experience, you know, it was, it was very, very cool. Um, and I, I'm sure that there were things like this all around the country, right. Where there, where there was like, you know, things that were, um, attractive to the younger generation. Um, I mean, your church had a high f- half pipe. It had a half pipe, right. It's amazing. Uh, yeah. Um, right. so, so, you know, um, accepted but- Jesus, um, and then, that, and then there was a small portion uh, of of my life where um, I'm so I'm I'm ex- extremely extroverted. Mm-hmm. Um, like I can talk to anybody about anything. But so so you know, uh, I had some friends who were not Christians, and they started um, they started drinking. Uh, you know, around. Um, you know, around that time, 16, 17, sure, stuff sure. like that. Oh, girl, did you have a talk with them? Mm, no, I started drinking. Oh. Yeah. See, and- I was the asshole who has, like, I remember specifically when I found out one of my friends was drinking in high school, mm-hmm. and I pulled him off to the side in church. I was like, hey, we need to have a talk. Yeah. It was, and so, you know, uh, this was kind of my first experience uh, of, you know, disappointment and whatever. You know, I definitely, I was the one that got the talking to. Mm. Um, oh, right. Yeah. But, you know, essentially uh, what, what it came down to was um, I, you know, accepted Jesus and I I got into the church culture. And then I started going out with these, these folks. Um, and it was quite a hike, actually. Um, and then I would trek out there and I would drink with all my friends. We kind of uh-huh. had a garage. There was a, there was a lady, uh, you know, an older lady that kind of supported all this, you know, okay. she was just like, oh yeah, it's cool. We all called her mom, you know, like kind of right, right. thing. Um, and, uh, we really got into that. Um, and, uh, I remember uh, there was a there was a girl I met through some of these people, um, and her name was Julie. Is Julie? I, I imagine she's still alive. There was some attraction um, there, and you know that was guilty. Like I felt really guilty about for, that for just being attracted, for just being attracted even like, to yeah. her. And you know, I mean, like attracted in in a in the way in a quote unquote lustful way in a quote unquote lustful way you know <laughs> right. i mean like you know i saw, yeah saw her and i was like oh, like i really want that i don't know what this feeling is sure, but sure. i want that yeah um and so so um we're driving somewhere i don't remember and we're just like hey you know what do you want to do you want to do you want to do this and so we pull off somewhere and um and somewhere in 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 this in this town and we uh get naked start making out um and i like i guess this is the first time that i could technically say that i had sex but um was this in a car it was in a car you went from no sex to car sex nah man i don't know 
Damn. That's how, you yeah, know, that's how it usually, that's actually how it works for, for normal teenagers, Brady. Oh. Yeah. I would, I, I would, I, I would say that, <laughs> I would say that it's probably related to the shame. Honestly, the shame and the guilt of, of the action. Sure. Like I wanted to hide like it. As, you, you had to hide it. So you went out of, you went away from everybody. Yeah. Away from in, the camp. In a, in a hidden in like, some, ves- vessel. In some place where I knew that, you know, the only person that would see me would be God. Right. You know. Um, or a highway patrol officer. Or a highway patrol officer. <laughs> <laughs> I love how it's like, <laughs> I was so ashamed of sex. So the first time I did it was in public. <laughs> Right? Come on, Zach. On a dance floor. Uh, no, so so I mean, essentially, uh, you know what the, what this what this comes down to. I don't even know how to say this like without laughing. Sure. I so I uh, I guess put it in once. Right. And then uh, instantly felt uh, shame, like or shame, guilt, uh, in 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 the worst way possible. Right. So, uh, you know, I, but I don't know, took it out. Um, <laughs> right. but, uh, and then, and then we stopped like, like full stop. And I was right. like, Hey, I gotta, like, I gotta go. Like I have to go somewhere. And it turned mm-hmm. out that there was a, there was a special like worship session of unplugged that night. Okay. I drove straight yeah. to church and yeah. rededicated myself. And that's the date. So that was on your mind the entire time in, you were in that session, entire, like in that sermon and lecture and all that yeah that 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 service was tonight yeah i mean like what i'm saying though whenever you were in that session you were just sitting there in church knowing i just did something really horrible and you just had that guilt and shame yeah and and you know that was the, the and that really turned me i mean that was the that was the day i was like that you like really took the Christian. I was like, Jesus, come into my heart, please save me. I know I did this horrible thing. Sure. I, I'm, you know, I am a terrible sinner person. You know, please, you know, take me back, please. Right. But that was that was the that was the catalyst that that put you on a trajectory that for several years after that, oh, you would be super Christian. Absolutely. Right. That was it. That was the moment. Um, right. You know, December sixth. I mean, I you know the day, so right, yeah, wild, yeah, wild, um, and so that really that's when I, that's when I took the oath. You know, that's when I said, you know, that I'm I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the best Christian I know how. Wild. So let's take a break. Um, when we get back, we're gonna uh, we're gonna get into uh, from that point after several years of of being immersed in church culture and following that. Uh, what that looked like, and then and then what led to Zach leaving. Sounds good. And we'll be back. We have a link to the Facebook page on our website, thelifeafter.org, or you can search for The Life After on Facebook, or just go straight to facebook.com slash thelifeafterorg. And we're back here with Zach. Um, so, Zach, uh, you, you know, we just talked about... Um, your entry into Christianity, yeah. right? Which happened mm-hmm. when you were a teenager. Mm-hmm. And uh, after that, so we, I kind of want to, I kind of want to ask you some questions about sure. wh- uh, the, the type of church culture that you were involved in and ultimately how that sort of led to you exiting. Um, so you were, you were involved in a, in a charismatic church for a while, correct? I, like, I was, yeah. Um, 
you know, before, I mean, before that, the church that you mentioned earlier, the first Christian church of, right. of Florissant, uh, is non-denominational. And that's something I kind of never really got, uh, was that... Um, it's a denomination. It's its own denomination. I went to their college for a semester, and even the professors were like, yeah, we say we're not denominational, but it's actually a denomination. Yeah, it's they like... They have a course at a police. It's, anyway, it has, but, so yeah, uh, transitioning, uh, I can you know, I became, uh, the, the youth pastor left that church, um, and, uh, and along with him, kind of the energy. Mm-hmm. Um, so okay, I was yeah. sort of like, um, you know, I'm kind of shopping around now. I'm really looking for another church. And so, um, a friend of mine, uh, was going to this, uh, this church called Church Alive, which no longer exists. So I okay. can, so I can say sure. that, um, yeah, so it was a it was a um, charismatic church, uh, you know, full on speaking in tongues, um, you know, uh, slaying in the Holy Spirit, all that stuff. Right, right, right. So, yeah. uh, like very like loud services. Yeah, like a lot of people sort of talking, doing their own thing, praying out loud. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, did they have Did they have like ribbons and flags, or was it not quite on that level? Uh, no, it was not quite on that level. Okay. I did, I did, however, go to a couple of churches that were that were like that, uh, you know, around that time, and I was like, <laughs> ironically, I'm like, this is a bit much for me, <laughs> right? Right. And it's it's interesting how we we draw the. I remember being really critical of. Uh, I was studying uh, Mormonism, and I was like real critical of their system of beliefs. But in hindsight, I'm like, it's not that. It's, it's not, not any different. weirder. Uh, yeah. So I went, I went through a weird charismatic phase for a while. I shouldn't say weird, but I did. Um, I would go to like conferences with some of our friends, Chuck, and mm -hmm. I would go by myself because I, I danced during the services. Oh yeah. It was a strange time. Yeah. yeah. It weird, strange time. It really, uh, there, there is certainly an aspect where doing that you know, brings you closer to God, um, you know, obviously not, but there, there's something about it. There's something about sort of just that experience letting just, go. Yeah. It, it, right. just that you know, of it's the, it's the same, it's the same thing. It's like, Hey guys, come, you know, come out and dance with us. Well, I don't like to dance. Well, you know, just close your eyes cut and do what it, it's cut loose, it's do whatever. Foot, it's the plot of Footloose. It literally. <laughs> <laughs> it's charismatic churches. Yeah. Yes. It totally is. God. So what, so anyway. what happened to this church? What was important about this charismatic church for you? Uh, I mean, really what, really what it came down to, I I think what it is, is um, it, it, it awakened uh, an aspect of me that I didn't get from the other church um which is which is really just um the other church was calm it was tame it was uh you know even with a even with a name like unplugged um, right it was it was it was just sort of um it was bland would you, you know? say it was white people-y <laughs> yeah <laughs> very very much so. so and that's something that i that that you can only say with hindsight though you know sure yeah I mean, you know absolutely yeah but yeah. yeah very very much very much white people um so this new place was kind of you were able to experience things in a different way and it felt more real to you absolutely yeah it, okay. it felt it felt like i was um you guys talked uh um i, I, I believe earlier about uh you know kind of the ebb and flow and, and being high and, and, and not. Um, and I think that, uh, this was definitely one of my spiritual high points. 
Okay. Okay. Yeah, like yeah. like and 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 it was continual, right? Like I knew that I could go to church and I could get that high. Mhm. You know, I could get the I could get the feeling. Do, do you feel like and this is kind of this is kind of a a theme for me sure. is um there's this song lyric that that stuck with me that really played into my deconstruction process that mm-hmm. uh, it essentially I won't quote it exactly but it essentially compare it says that mana is a hell of a drug mm-hmm. and I I that stuck with me I thought it was interesting at first and then I kept repeating it and repeating it and it was like uh, I realized after a while that's that fucking profound like that it's, actually it's crazy right yeah like like I like you. Like God, manna, manna meaning, you know, being a reference to the Old Testament, sure. the food that, get, yeah. that God gave the Israelites. So w- there's an aspect to which church is uh, is a drug that we that we can return to when we're not feeling good about our lives or that things aren't going right or, uh, or you know, we need a pick-me-up, right? And... The question is whether or not God is a drug is the question of is God ultimately good or bad for your your life, right? Um, is it, it does it ultimately have a negative effect on you or not? And I mean that in a in a drug addict, like a negative sure. sort of like a heroin or like a yeah. something like that. And so, did you feel like you could? Did you feel like it was almost enabling you? Like it was almost like. However your week went, you didn't have to fix your circumstances. You didn't actually have to fix anything about your life. You could just go to church on Sunday and feel feel better. Absolutely. Sunday, Wednesday night, Tuesday. Right. You know, yeah. Yeah, all yeah, not just Sunday. Yeah, not right. just Sunday. Yeah. And that was a that was definitely a, a staple of that particular uh church um culture. Right. Is like uh yeah, you know, it's not just Sunday anymore. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, okay. yeah. But um, but just uh, you just kind of um, just kind of go, going forward. Um, I'm I'm just gonna kind of move along here. Is that if, that's if, fine if with that's, me? If yeah, that, what's, if that works. What's up? So uh, so I I I met a gal. Um, you know, uh, in in that not in that church. She was actually part of a different church. Mm-hmm. Um, during that time. Period. During that during that time period. And uh, we, you know, fell in love, um, and I got engaged. Uh, you know, we got, How old we, were you at this time? We, uh, it was 2020. Oh, God, okay. Okay, yeah, 20, yeah. Me, Pretty young. 20, yeah. I knew what love was at 20. Did you, Chuck? Yeah. <laughs> Probably more than I do now, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. So you guys, no, met, you guys were in church 20 years old? Uh, 20 years old, yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I, you know, super romantic. I, you know, wrote her a poem and, and in each, uh, the first letter of each uh, sentence spelled out, will you marry me? I mean, like it was, right. Yeah, right, right, right. yeah. We're fucking romantic, man. No, uh, so so we got engaged, and um, this actually led to me uh, meeting uh, her father. Um, you know, I kind of I kind of um, believe I asked, and he was uh, uh, very Presbyterian, very um, very staunch in in that in that world. Um, one of me, one of you. Yeah, yeah. That was me. I was a very staunch was it guy. right? Yeah, like, you're like, a Calvinist yeah. Presbyterian. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of Are Brady's background. Tuliping all over the place. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, uh, meeting him and, and, and sort of getting into conversations with him, uh, was, was really opening for me because mm-hmm. it was like, wait a second, there is an entirely, 
I mean, not just not just from this unplugged place to this charismatic place where uh, we. <laughs> where we spoke in tongues mm-hmm. but now there's this other thing that's it's it's almost i mean the way that it's, it came it's very heady it's very intellectual scholarly is the scholarly. word that, I, okay i wanted to say intellectual but i didn't want it sounds like i was saying no that you, the rest of you were dumb no 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 because okay. presbyterianism in particular is very like there's a lot of focus on high education yeah and and uh and exegetical study and that kind of thing. absolutely so, yeah. yeah yeah so um so so i, I just kind of learned you know i was like this is this is this is so different you know this is so interesting mm-hmm. um and uh and it, and it really started me down this this path of of questioning uh the the verses um, in First Corinthians talking about um, uh, speaking in tongues. Oh, okay. And yeah, it yeah. really started me down this, right. this this thing. So now you're now you're in a place where you're con- you're conflicted, and I'm conflicted because I'm... you have an experience that says one thing, mm-hmm. and then you have your intellect is saying something else. Yeah, yeah, and 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 so you know uh, that really kind of started me down this uh, this path of doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, and, right. But we didn't end up getting married. Right. Um, she 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 went off to college, and and you know I've never spoken to that that man again. Really? Uh, no, I mean we didn't. To her dad. Okay. To her dad. Yeah, yeah. And we did. I mean, we didn't really. Um, we didn't continue a relationship or anything like that. But you know, I mean, he had a he had a pretty profound effect on me. Um, uh huh. But we. Uh, so that's where my doubt really. That's where my doubt really took. Uh, took root. Right. Okay. Um, and yeah. it was, I mean, it, it's, I'm, I'm really struggling to kind of, uh, to put it into words, how powerful doubt can really be uh-huh. when you are so sure of something. Right. You know, it's, um, you, you have to, part of you has to die. It's a yeah. grieving process. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and 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 you may not necessarily know that. Not going into it at all. No, no you just wake up one day and you are you are beyond the point of return. Mm-hmm. You're, you've tipped over the edge. It's but it's, you're not ready to let go of where you're coming from either. It's kind of like uh, I don't know if if uh, you know, I think a, you know you guys mentioned anxiety a couple times. I don't know if you've ever had a situation where you like you woke up uh or you you just some some something changed and you look around and you feel like nothing's real nothing you know like i'm in this i'm i'm in this this weird meat sack and it feels super you know weird and i don't know you know i'm not i'm not doing something, a good job something like drastic about your worldview has changed and you're yeah. not comfortable with it yeah yeah and you're just like and and yeah. you, you can't and you cannot deal with that it's something yeah. that you shouldn't have to deal with. Sure. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. At it's, all. Yeah. Um, Being a young person, I don't think you should have to deal with that. Um, mm-hmm. But right. like I said, that's where that's where um, that's where my doubt started. And you know, after sort of these years of service, and I mean by by service, I'm you know, I mean like, you know, I, I would go to the mall. I would I would hand out tracts. I would uh, mm-hmm. talk to people. You're and one would, of those people. I was one of those people. Right. I was right. one of those people. Fuck. Too. You know. Yeah, Brady was one and, of those. And it people. really on I. I I look back at those times and I'm like, ugh, really? 
but yeah. But no. it was sincere at the time. It was sincere. Yeah, at it was the time. absolutely sincere. It, 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 but it was also embarrassing. I mean, like it was sure. one of those things. Right. It, it's 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 a, it's a it's kind of a tough journey to talk about. You know, uh, you know where doubt starts, and then and then kind of jump into you know where it, where it terminates rather. Right. Um, right. Right. But. Um, but there's a point. Right? There absolutely is a point, and I think so, it's important to get. And that's there. something that me and Brady we like to ask people: what was what was your breaking point? What was the point where you said, "I don't think I can believe this anymore"? And, you know. This is heavy. Are you guys ready? I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready. Okay. We love heavy around here. <laughs> well, I, yeah. Um, uh, so um, my best friend died in 2010, uh-huh. and uh, how he died uh, is is difficult um so for the very first time i wanted to take a vacation out of the country um with my friends uh and so it was me uh it was me uh, another friend and uh him his name was kyle um and my my friend and i uh john and i were uh we are scuba diving certified and and that's something that i uh, love to do scuba diving is awesome but essentially uh what we what we did was uh we saved up some money um we uh bought some plane tickets uh to mexico uh my parents have a timeshare down there so we can kind of go you know whenever we want um it's really nice um but uh kyle was the only one who wasn't scuba diving certified and so we're like, you know, you don't have to get certified, man. It's totally cool. Uh, you know, we're, we're going to go down there. And, I, you know, I think, I mean, there's introductory classes. We'll, we'll be able to go with you and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, no, he's like, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find somebody to kind of teach me. And he, he, he found some guy um, at, uh, I think it was one of, one of his local bars that, uh, that um, had a small business that did that. And in the course of him getting certified, uh he there there there's a, a small step in getting certified where it's uh, you do an indoor uh, certification and then you do an open water certification mm-hmm. and open water is just basically out in any you know any you know ocean lake ocean lake something like that sure. um and during his open water certification uh there was a um a malfunction or uh, negligence of some type and he drowned. Mm. Wow. Um, yeah. Wow. <laughs> uh, yeah. so, I mean, not even, not, not even touching on the fact that, uh, you know, had he not met me or uh, had we not talked about right. Mexico or had we not talked about, um, scuba diving, uh, you know, he'd still be alive today. So, so that, go, that goes through your mind still. Oh fuck yeah! Oh yeah. yeah, Zach, I'm so sorry. Oh yeah, I mean I'm kind of I'm kind of tearing up right now. Yeah. Um. And okay. So to this day, you you carry that as like as like a guilt or something that might be your responsibility. I know that or, it's not my fault. You know. Okay. I'm like, glad, I mean, you know that. Yeah. But, you know that. But uh, yeah, the thought's still there. Yeah, it's definitely still there. Um, but. So, um, essentially I say that a lot. Sorry. Um, we, (laughs) so I was the first one to find out about it. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I had to kind of tell everybody else, all my friends and my friend, uh, my friend John and I went on the vacation anyway. Can I I ask you really quick? How did you find out? Um, so 
he had to go um he had to go to uh this quarry a rock quarry that's usually where you know out, out in the midwest that's kind of what we have that's right? kind of what we have that's kind of what we use to mm-hmm. do open water certifications he he went out to this place uh out in illinois somewhere excuse me and um he you know he went there we had uh brunch plans the next day talk mm-hmm. about something that's super white um we had brunch plans the next day and we we didn't hear from him we didn't know where he was we didn't know what happened right and so uh he wouldn't answer his phone his car wasn't at his house we you know we 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 me and a couple of other other friends we were just like running all around town not knowing what to do what the fuck do we do where where is where is our friend right so uh, my friend, my friend, uh, uh, she has, she's, she's brilliant. She's, you know, fantastic. Uh, she's just, she's just a genius. And she goes, um, search online, search the area, search his name, search that, you know, s- something like that. Yeah. And I remember, uh, I, I pulled up this blog, um, that somebody had written some, someone, uh, that was in the class, the class with him. And yeah. like uh, the blog post uh, was uh, just the title was his name was Kyle, oh, and I was like, wow, fuck, right. And so I read it, right, right. And, and I'm just like, that's uh, how you found out. That's how I found out. Yeah, and, and I, that evidently yeah. had a lot to do with you walking away from your faith. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And um, so I want to touch on that. When we get back, um, we're going to take a really short break. And Zach, I want to ask you when we get back about how, how that had to do with like the ending of your, your faith journey. Mm-hmm. And um, I relate with you. Okay. Uh, my best friend passed away um, mm-hmm. in the middle of my divorce and all of that. And it was the hardest thing I've ever experienced. Um, so yeah. it was like trauma upon trauma. So I completely understand. It's like how hard that must have been for you to an extent. I mean, I, every situation is different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. 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 Oh, I get it. Cause I've been there, but no, it's no, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I totally get it. Yeah. Um, so let's take a really short break. When we get back, uh, we'll talk about that. The life after Facebook page is a great way to get in touch with other religion survivors. Also, we like to post interesting articles on there and it's a good way to get a hold of us and you won't need a concordance to find us. <laughs> we- we have a link to the Facebook page on our website, thelifeafter.org, or search The Life After on Facebook. Finally, you could just go to our URL, facebook.com slash thelifeafterorg. Welcome back. Thank you for coming back after the break. Um, Zach, we were just talking about your friend who who drowned, who passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, you, you mentioned it because it's it's one of the last parts of your, your, your faith journey, of something that kind of ended that faith journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you expound on that a little bit more? Yeah. Um, so, uh, Kyle was, uh, I wouldn't say staunch, but I would say he's pretty, he was, he was, he was an atheist. Um, and, and, uh, you know, uh, what's the best way to say it? Um, I had been on a downturn, uh, for years. And I mean, I, I, I would say that I, you know, I would, I like if, if pressed, you know, I would say, yeah, I'm a Christian. So how many years between when you talk to your ex-fiance's dad about the intellectual side of everything to where you are now with your friend passing away? 
How much time was in between those two? Ten years. Ten years. So I mean, I you know, I had I had I I guess ten years, ten ish years of like faithful service, you know. But and but so, also in that time you were you were kind of starting to doubt. I was like, doubting the whole time. Yeah. Um, okay. Absolutely. And you're in your in in your if somebody says yes, are you a Christian? You're answering yes. My answer was yes. But you're but you're not necessarily feeling. I mean, I, I you're, you're I, going through the motions, maybe. Yeah, and I know that. <laughs> I know that uh, maybe maybe uh, you guys talking about you know sexuality being um, a different episode, um, but sex actually has a lot to do with my uh, mm-hmm. my my journey as well. Deconstruction, yeah. deconstruction, and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, I mean, I was I was I was dating women. I was having sex, mm-hmm. um, and so you know, um, I wasn't being faithful uh, to the Lord in that way. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and you're 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 probably finding that your life is not in fact in shambles like you maybe were taught it would be if yeah. you went that down that path exactly so, yeah and yeah. I yeah I, I have a um, so so you had ten years of yeah. of believing and you would say you were a Christian but mm-hmm. but you were also doubting at that time mm-hmm. and here you so, are hitting a huge life situation of your friend passing mm-hmm. how did you respond to that what was kind of your mindset and what led you away from the faith after that tragedy i think i was trying i was trying to come to terms with what just happened in my life you know mm-hmm. uh, wow. until that point until that point i i had never known anybody um who had died who had passed away mm-hmm. i mean at a, at a young age at right? a young Absolutely. age yeah yeah i mean you know i guess what's, what is that what's that? seven seven years ago so mm-hmm. yeah I yeah, mean, it was like late twenties, I guess. Right. That's yeah. when my best friend passed away when he was like twenty eight or twenty nine. Yeah, I mean, my friend was thirty six when he died, and so there was a pretty big gap between us. But, mm-hmm. but n- nothing you would ever expect. No, my God, no, no. Um, but yeah, I think I think uh, if we were to really sort of dive into it, um, he had. Um, I mean, he he was an atheist, and he had a lot of. Uh, a lot of books a lot of he was he was sort of an intellectual atheist mm-hmm. um, had a lot of books about it um and we talked quite frequently about it mm-hmm. um and you know and he was he was very kind you know he, he was he wasn't like i can't believe you believe in this god shit sure. you know i can't you know um he was just a like a, like a, a passive observer you know like right. uh, he was just a a, a great human being um, so bad so, things happen in the bible Mm-hmm. Bad things happen to Christians. Bad mm-hmm. things, um, but 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 even in the Bible and the Christians, they don't look at these bad things as oh, there can't be a God because this happened. Sure. What what in your mind was was working there towards making you walk away from the faith? Then I think it's just it was something. Uh, well, a, a good friend of mine, a good friend of mine, uh, attended a, a Bible college. He went into Bible college uh, as a, as a believer and came out an atheist. Um, and he had just recently graduated right around the time mm-hmm. that, um, Kyle, uh, had passed away. And, uh, I actually met Kyle through him. Mm-hmm. And so we started to talk about it and, um, and I, and I was, I started asking a lot of questions and I was like, mm-hmm. what, what does it mean to say that I don't believe in God? Like, like, you know, I remember, I remember uh, I was driving one night and I called him on the phone, uh, these, uh, these these devices that you can talk to people on right uh, <laughs> listen to podcasts on. that's that's right yeah um so i called him uh you know on the phone and i said uh i just asked a lot of questions and i was like what what does this mean i i don't 
I'm struggling here. I don't know. I don't know that I believe in God anymore. And right. and you know, he was just really kind about it, and uh-huh. you know, kind of kind of helped me understand those feelings and those thoughts because he had just gone through them. So it's kind of like your your it was kind of like Kyle's legacy was this was this uh, this deconstructing of of absolutely faith. Yeah. Or, or like yeah, it was like his passing forced you to say like, well, what did he really have to say? What was his, yeah. What was his mission or what was his, uh, his story? Yeah. Did you find the Christians answers inadequate? Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, nothing, nothing that anybody could tell me would make that pain less devastating. Mm -hmm. We, we all had a very difficult time with it. Um, we, (laughs) There was um, a, a week, about a week or so, uh, right around the funeral that we all call uh, like Black Week, mm. and it was because we don't remember anything that happened. We were mm-hmm. we would go to we kind of like we went to his favorite bar. Sorry, I, I feel like I didn't answer your question. Uh, that that, that um, were Christian answers not adequate, and uh, I would say that. Whenever Christians talk about death, uh, it doesn't ever, it never felt real. It, it always felt like it was sort of this fictional thing. And I think, not as a result, but I think the reason why it's always sort of, it always feels like it's a fictional thing is because I think to them it is this, it, it's, 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 it's passing into the next. It doesn't, it, yeah. It doesn't, right. it, it, you know, yeah, right. it, it's okay to be sad, sure. But, um, you know, if you were, if you were truly, if you were truly a Christian, you would be rejoicing, you know? Right. Sure. But uh, it's, it's a different, death means something very death different. Death means when something you, different. When you believe in an afterlife and when yeah. you believe, yeah, when yeah. you believe in a, in a, in a happy, you know, meaningful, fulfilling afterlife. It's different. Absolutely. And, and, you know, um, and, and you as a, as a, somebody that was, that was doubting this belief system didn't have that comfort. And, and part of, for me, part of that doubt, part of doubting, um, you know, as a result of, uh, of Kyle's death, uh, was, was a lot of conversation, a lot of deconstruction, a lot of thinking about, um, hell, heaven, sin. What are these things? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I, you know, I think I texted you uh, something that that was sort of um, really meaningful to me. Um, if I was a good Christian, and you know, let's say Kyle wasn't, mm-hmm. um, Kyle mm-hmm. would go to hell, and I would go to mm-hmm. heaven. Mm-hmm. A friend of mine put it put it the best way that I have ever heard it said, and he says. I don't want to go to heaven. He says, because I refuse to dance on the roof of a slaughterhouse. Mm, and the way that yeah. that kind of, you know, that, that, yeah, that yeah. means, you know, it's just like, it's like, yeah, you might be, you know, on the roof praising God, but beneath you is this, yeah. wow, is this horrible, horrible A lot thing of implications. Happening. I yeah. mean, we can sit and talk about heaven. So that could be, be, that can be, yeah. But really, I mean, the more we talk about the heaven, the more hell becomes a reality. Of, right. Well, yeah, we can we can rejoice that we heard the way, but then you have to think about all these Africans. Right, because I mean, most people in the in the world 
narrow is the path have not been right <laughs> right yeah no no but seriously so it, i mean awful most of the world has not been exposed to the gospel or if or if they are their culture doesn't doesn't but there, there's always little there's little answers to justify all of that oh so yeah like, oh yeah well it's written in their hearts or i've heard of you know there's there's tribes that have had dreams about the crucifixion and they yeah, all that stuff let's it's be real, let's be real let's it's, be real for a moment it's a lie. We're, we're not just talking about decades we're talking about centuries right. of of people not hearing millennia yes uh, thousands and thousands of years of people not being exposed to the secret message right. that i used to believe would save you and keep you for eternity mm. um, right we're not just talking about a day. We're talking about eternity. Yeah. So th- there's so much heaviness to all of this um, that comes to our minds whenever we start talking about death and mortality. Uh, so speaking of mortality, uh, I one of the one of the more pivotal and maybe the most important to me uh, part of your story uh, for this podcast is uh, is your uh, your fight with kidney disease mm-hmm. one of, one of both of your kidneys failed um, both both kidneys failed so you were you you confronted death can you can you expound on that a little bit like what exactly happened yeah um <laughs> uh so my my kidney disease uh, uh specifically is called um iga nephropathy uh and it's a it's a big word that just means that there are um, these uh, these things called nephrons in the in the kidney, and yeah. uh, the uh, IgA, uh, the A part of that, is, means that the immune system just decides one day. I don't, they're they're literally the medical science doesn't have an answer for this. Uh-huh. Just one day decides that it's going to start attacking that part of the kidney okay yeah. so it's foreign all of a sudden so your body was attacking your body was attacking itself and so uh in a matter of months actually my kidneys uh failed they went from a, a good percentage of functionality to like 13 percent functionality right wow right so you you've at this point you've you've deconstructed your faith you've you've left the faith mm-hmm. and you literally you you could have died you literally could have died. Maybe should have died. Yeah, I mean, honestly, um, yeah. Uh, uh, this without without medical science being at the place where it is, uh-huh. I would have died. Right. I mean, um, without dialysis, uh, you know, which you know, in in the grand scheme of things, is relatively new technology. Yeah. Without well, and yeah. even and even with medical technology, there's still a chance you could. Have oh, died. oh yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, you know, there, 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 there were slip ups. There, there could have been, yeah, there could have been a bunch of different ways that I could have legitimately just passed. Sure, yeah, and so you and and we sort of talked about this before. Uh, like, you, like you've had this experience as a, as a Christian, and you understand Christian culture, and then you understand you've you've had five years of experience as a non Christian at sure. this point. Did you ever, I mean, did you ever, like, feel uh, uh, the need to pray? Did you ever call out to God? Did you ever, like, say, like, oh, I'm, I'm, uh, save me, you know, essentially, like, did you, did that, I guess, did that Christian instinct to, to ask God for healing or anything like that sort of kick in at any point? Uh, and I, this, uh, it seems odd saying it out loud, but no. Right. 
um, I was so certain uh, that I did not believe that there isn't a God. Yeah. Um, that I didn't. I didn't think that praying would do anything. Uh huh. And so I didn't pray. Right. You know, I relied on my doctors. I was very open with them. When they would come in to talk, you know, I mean, doctors are typically, um, they come in and they want to talk to you, get to the next patient or whatever. And I would keep them for a while and I would talk to them and I just, you know, um, you know, I understand that you have a whole, you know, semester of your school that's about bedside manner but i want you to kind of tell me what the fuck is going on this is the only time you're gonna have this you know what i mean like be in the hospital with this disease at this time yeah so you wanted to be heard you wanted to be understood absolutely yeah and appreciated so it makes sense i this is interesting to me and and i guess even more than interesting maybe kind of profound uh one of the one of the biggest reasons that people join religion or stay in religion is because of the the fear of the unknown or maybe not even the fear but just like the sense that there might be life after death or there might be you know we were just talking about heaven and hell or there might be judgment and you and you essentially you confront you had to ask yourself that question mm-hmm. right is there something after this yeah like you literally had to had to say like if I die from this disease, what's going to happen to me? Mm-hmm. Uh, so for for someone that's dealing with doubt that's still in the faith or that is in the, in the, in the, the limbo, mm-hmm. maybe where you were for that 10 years, yeah. it's sort of like, I believe this, but I kind of don't, but I don't really know. Uh, it, what would you say about, about, about that experience and that, that, that facing mortality? To, to somebody that's in that position, Oof. if anything, I mean, you know. yeah, uh, I would. All I would say is that, honestly, look, look at what's happening to you, honestly, and face it, face it as a human being. Don't shy away from questions. Ask all the questions. I mean, because they might be the last questions you get to ask. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know the the struggle with kidney disease and cancer are very, two very very uh, similar things. You know, mm-hmm. you, there's a lot of similar drugs involved and everything. Okay, and uh, I would just say it, it seems it seems trite to say this, but feel what's going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Feel and understand what's going on mm-hmm. because. Uh, you may not get the chance to do. You may not get the chance to do that again. Live yeah. in that moment. Live in the moment. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. And yeah. appreciate where you are. Appreciate where you are. And you know, I mean, like, I'm lucky. I am lucky to be here talking to you guys today. You what know? I think is interesting about your answer uh-huh. is, as a Christian growing up in church, a Southern Baptist church, I was always asked, if you were to die right now, what would you do? And and so there was always this like. I would say almost unhealthy obsession with, with constantly yeah. talking about death and what we would yeah. do. And um, if you were to die right now and you were to go to heaven, why would you say that you would be able to go in? It's all these things that they rumble off my tongue because I can just, I was conditioned to say them so quickly. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, it's and the so tracks that you passed, passed out at the mall, right? Yeah. Right. All, yes. Yeah. yeah. And they so, all go to that, right? Yeah. And that, that was your experience as well, is that you would pass out these tracks in the mm-hmm. mall and everything. 
Um, but you're telling a very different story than what I would, what I was under the impression people would say. Um, your answer is enjoy those moments to, to not me. I don't think enjoy is the right word, but to, no, to, actually, to experience no, them. no, actually. Yeah. You would say enjoy? I would say enjoy those moments. And the reason why I say that is because you might be going through hell and I did go mm. through what I can only imagine is, 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 is what people talk about when they say hell. But, um, in, in enjoy those moments because they could, they could actually be your last, you know? Um, right. So there's this sense that like Christians, maybe when, when you believe in an afterlife, or when you believe that you're going somewhere and it's going to be amazing, you sort of there's a tendency to or, to neglect the life that maybe we, to that not we have. feel it, to maybe gloss not over feel it, it. Yeah. gloss over it. Right. I was okay. So I was told, and I, I honestly, uh, I don't have a, um, I don't have a a gauge for this really. I was told that I was very strong. That that. Uh, other people could not have done what I did or, or, you know, I mean, I, I got this, I mean, countless times, Mm -hmm. you know, if I were faced with this, I don't, I don't think I could have done what you did, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and I don't know how to respond to that in a lot of ways. Um, because when you're faced with it, that's now reality. That's now life. Right. And what choice do you have? I mean, unless you wanna, unless you wanna revel in in how awful it is or how unfair it is, and you know, you potentially your last moments could be you being a, a you know a, a a bitter you know asshole to to everything that happens to you and to everybody that you interact with. Why would you want to do that? Mm-hmm. And so, I mean. I didn't. I didn't go through all of this. Uh, I didn't go through all of this just to say. You know. So I, I. I don't. I'm very cautious of situations that I've not experienced, and I don't want to misrepresent sure. them. You. You will not offend me. Okay. Just I, go. I appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you. So, um, what I feel like people do is we tend to romanticize experiences that we've never experienced. And so when it comes to near-death experiences or life-threatening diseases or... Well, all I have to do is bite you and you'll get kidney disease. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's that's like a superpower, <laughs> right? That's wild, man. That's cool. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. Have you done it to anybody yet? Uh, uh, no comment. Okay. <laughs> all right. Um, <laughs> I just said that I feel like I need, needed some... So we always romanticize situations that we've never lived through or diagnoses that we've never experienced. And so... Um, they get they get put on a pedestal, and there's almost this idea that we feel that if you're strong enough to get through it, that will project upon you. Well, the reason that you were able to get through it is because you had enough willpower, or you had enough gumption to stick with it, and because you kept that, you were able to be cured of your diseases. Would you agree with that, or would you just say no? It's just science. I would say. Fuck both of those answers. And your answer would be My what? answer would be uh you you have you have to just you have to just face it. You have to look it in the in the in the face, in the eyes and whatever just, it is. Whatever it is. 
and just accept it. Mm-hmm. Like in 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 a situation like this or like cancer or something like that, you know, like uh, it's so much bigger than you. You know, uh, you know the whole uh, it could never happen to me. You know that whole right. thing. Yeah, that um, that crossed my mind once. It could never, that's where it stopped, you know? Right. It's happening to me. Right. Like, and, I mean, I chose to make the best of it. I I don't, I I don't know, I mean, I imagine, of course, there are plenty of other answers to this, but Uh I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's science and I don't think that it's God. You know, in a way it's, and I, and I really resonate with you on that. It's so simple. Yes. Like life, everything. It's just like simple. It's just, we're here. I'm here in this room. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to say that I didn't struggle. Right. Um, I don't, uh, I don't, honestly, what I almost feel like we're going into is the whole. It. All you have to do is ask Jesus in your heart. Mm. But you also have to give your life. So it's almost like saying it's so simple, but simple. What you're saying is that the philosophy is you get whatever comes to you, but what comes to you is sometimes kidney disease. Sure. Sometimes it's the death of your best friend. Right. So it, it, it's simple in the sense of all you got to do is take your life one step at a time, mm-hmm. but those steps may be huge bounds that right. require death and, right. and whatever. You know, I earlier I mentioned uh, that, you know, everybody said, you know, Zach, you're so strong. You're so, you know, you, I could never have done this. And, and my response every single time was, I guarantee you, you could. Mm. You don't yeah. know what you're capable of until you hit it. You, sure. You do. You don't. You don't right. know. You don't know how strong you are until you have to actually be strong. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this, Zach, because mm-hmm. I, I experienced this with with my life of when I was going through my divorce and my mm-hmm. best friend dying and um, having to fight custody for my son and all of that. I look back at the things I've gone through. And I sometimes get anxiety because I think that I have to go through them again. Mm. But I realize, no, these are things I've already conquered. Do you experience that? In a very realistic way, yes. Because I'm so young mm-hmm. uh, that I will, have to, I will have to do this again in my lifetime. Do you think that your life is going to have something harder than what you've already gone through? Or do you think you've gone to the hardest stuff already? Absolutely not. No. Um, wait, wait, absolutely not that you, I, I don't think that I've, I've encountered the hardest thing. You don't No. Zach, you almost died. I know. And you've looked at the, uh, the, the death of your best friend. I know. You think that there's worse coming for you. Yeah. And I can, I can tell you, I can tell you almost exactly what I think it's going to be. Okay. Shoot. What is it? Uh, I feel like I'm listening to a prophet. This is, this is going to be hard. Uh, so the only reason I'm alive now is because my mom donated her kidney to me. Okay. And I don't know, uh, I don't know, I don't know how I'm going to react when she, when she passes. So your, your mom. That is, that's, I think I, uh, if I had to say that that's probably like the the hardest thing that I think I will ever have to deal with. I understand. So, yeah. 
I'm sorry to no, it's okay. No, get you emotional, but um, <laughs> this is good. Uh, I respect that. Yeah, I you know uh, yeah, I don't know. There's literally a part of her inside of you, literally. <laughs> but yeah. also more emotionally. I mean, realistically, you know, she gave me life twice. You know. Wow. So, um, and 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 they sort of, you know, there's sort of a a, a triteness about um, uh, about that um about how they you know how they talk about that you know how 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 um uh medical the medical world talks about that they say you know you give life twice and stuff like that but your mom is she a is she a christian or not she is yeah she is i want uh before we close i want to hear how your mom responded to you yeah coming out as a non-christian um yeah she uh it was probably one of the most inopportune times that i could have chosen but um like all things right when you when you when you're trying to talk about things with people it's never the right time right uh so i went over i had been living on my own for a while and uh i i went over to my mom and stepdad's place for uh christmas eve dinner and um you know uh so I, I I was the one who led my my mom to Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, so so it's it, I guess that it's even more interesting. But so she's like uh, she says something like, "Hey, uh, she's like, you know, h- how's your life? What's going on? What's you know, blah blah blah, talking to me and." And she's like, you know, hey, I mean, whatever, whatever, you, whatever, what's, whatever's going on, it's all good, you know. Hey, I mean, like, as, as long as, as long as you don't, you know, you don't, uh, as long as God's still in your life, as long as you don't, you know, not believe anymore or something like that. And I said, well, actually, mm-hmm. <laughs> I've been there. I understand. Yeah. And I said, uh, you know, I, I don't believe anymore. You know, and, and I'm sorry. You know, I died, but I don't. And um, my stepdad, uh, he says, yeah, I figured that one out. And, and my mom goes, <laughs> how does your mom respond? And my mom goes, that's okay too. So she's accepting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So your mom, even as an active Christian, yeah. Christian mm-hmm. is treating you as a son, mm-hmm. a son before a Christian, mm-hmm. a son before mm-hmm. a Christian. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Shit. That's huge. And she is my hero. Yeah. 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 I mean, I mean obviously, she's your hero, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, she's... You literally you literally owe your life to a woman who is a Christian, mm-hmm. who was, in her mind, living out Christian values of treating others the way she wants to be treated sacrifice literally sacrificing herself for you yeah and i mean i mean you know not to not to close on 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 a, on a bible verse but uh you know there's uh <laughs> no greater love right yeah i respect the hell out of your mom um zach i want to thank you so much yeah for coming today and sharing your story with us Thanks and for having me. I, this is awesome. This has been a really fun experience. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, 
well, thank you so much for for sharing that story with us, and and I'm I'm really glad to see some similarities between us of that. Uh, with every guest I bring on, and and I know you're different because you're not somebody from my past life, sure. you're somebody from Chuck's past life, mm-hmm. but. But the connection I have with you is the fact that we both lost our best friends at very inopportune times mm-hmm. and that it led us to really question things and understand things in a different way than the way that we were brought up. And um, I appreciate that. And I, and I see myself in you and I, and I hope you see yourself in Chuck and I and uh, that we're able to kind of like make that connection and see where we're all going with all of this. Yeah. So thank you so much for coming. Thanks, Zach. Yep. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode of The Life After. Thank you, Zach, for sharing your story. I feel like my takeaway from today's episode is that fear is not a good motivator and it's not a good reason to perpetuate a worldview. Whether it's fear of death or fear of sexuality or fear of the bad things that could happen to you or are happening to you, Zach showed me a level of perseverance, a a self-assurance, a certain amount of faith in your own ability to reason look at the world, observe your experiences, and draw conclusions, and then trust those. And I think that's very poignant because in my life, I've only recently recognized all of the ways that fear has held me back and kept me from accomplishing the things that I wanted to do, kept me from following my dreams, and kept me from challenging myself. Fear can even hold us back from compassion. If Zach's mom in the story had given in to whatever fears she might have had, about this procedure and this, uh, this self-sacrifice, Zach might not be with us today. And instead, we have this tremendous story of compassion and love and sacrifice. And I think there's a lot of value to that. Thanks for listening. This is The Life After. We'll see you next week. <laughs>